and welcome back to the Rugby Connection podcast. So, round two of the TikTok Women's Six Nations is firmly behind us. What a round it was. Joining us this week, if you've been a follower of the show since the beginning, way back in May last year, our first ever guest, she's back, Gemma, prop wife. Welcome back. Hi, thank you so much for having me back. I can't believe it's been almost a year since that first that first pod it's insane it's, it was when I was trying to find out the video to like hype up you coming back and I was like right when did we actually release the original interview and it was June 2021 I was like no so much has happened in that year like for me for women's rugby it's just such a different landscape it's incredible it's incredible to come back about a year later I thought you were going to get too too famous for us. You would have forgot who we were. <laughs> never, never. <laughs> so, TikTok round two. Oh, what a, what a few games they had. I mean, what France, games- France yeah. just dominant against Ireland. France are so dominant. I mean, it's one of the things we know when we see a French lineup that you know they're going to have extremely physical forwards that are going to be able to carry well that are dynamic that are strong in their scrums but they also have these backs that are quick dynamic physical forward thinking and in fairness Ireland bring a lot of that to the table too so it's always a clash I find really really interesting Ireland v France Um, and I was saying this at work actually is that I find that the gaps between the teams even between the like the professional and the less less professional contracted um I find that there's usually less violent gaps if that makes sense than in the men's you know in when you watch the the men's six nations you know that Italy unfortunately are going to be very very far down um and there's these kind of distinct gaps but apart from obviously England at the moment overshadowing a lot it's always interesting to see where these these kind of competitions are yeah I mean France they're just frightening at home as well they're just unreal I will butcher her name but Laurie Sanus scrum half two tries I mean France and scrum half just it just works again she's just so (laughs) sharp thinking dynamic you know it's like everything that Mo Hunt brings to the table for England you get these you get these smart little scrum halves that are snipey that just know their job inside and out and yeah. it just it, they just bring such exciting things to the to the game every single time. It does. I mean, one player that stood out for me in the first two rounds for France, Madison Fall, absolute mm. frightening player. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I'm not stopping her. Absolutely not. <laughs> I do. You know I back myself, but I look at some of these incredible incredible international women I always back myself no matter how hard I run I literally ran it straight at a prop that is like two times the size of me yesterday um but uh, even I'm like I'll pass I'll pass I actually had the opportunity at the Women's Six Nations media launch to meet the fantastic Captain Gaye Hame this year um she's a lovely lovely lady but yeah you can see how strong and powerful she is and again fantastic role model for young girls in France um but yeah she would absolutely she'd be able to fold me if she tackled me and I I respect her so highly for it 
there was one um, from round one that was catching me, and it was Marley Parker. I was, oh my god, she, she was just everywhere in round one. Marley, um, I mean Marley Packer, that game from round one. I mean, what a way to come back to the women's Six Nations. Scores a hat trick, literally picks her tackler up and runs off with her. Like, how many people on this entire earth can do that? And insane. yeah, just insane. But nicely that we fed into Scotland because my my game of the weekend, Wales versus Scotland. Absolutely unreal at the death, and I, I messaged you. At, like I was so proud of the girls' performance. Like Rona Lloyd, I will say, friend of the show, previous guest Rona Lloyd. Yeah. Two tries. One you could say was a bit lucky with a bounce, with the magic back. But I also see that as players taking advantage and working smart. You yeah. know, you would not have got that bounce on a grass pitch. That was no. a move you only could have pulled off on a 4G pitch, but therefore it's only something you could have attempted on a 4G pitch. So actually yeah. I see that as working smarter with the position and with the pitch that you have yeah. rather than, oh, it's a bit of a lucky one. It was, I could never pull off a try like that. I could, I could literally never. Um, and I said, I, cause obviously I was there, I was presenting mm -hmm. player of the match. I had the most incredible day with the WRU and with TikTok, I, it was like every Nause's dream, my day on Saturday. <laughs> like yeah. I got to be there all day, hang out in Principality. But um, I, yeah, I said to Chloe Rowley after the match and I got to very briefly see the lovely um, Scotland captain, Rachel Malcolm, who she handled the press so well, but you could see she just looked so gutted. And yeah. she, you know, she dealt with it with such maturity. But I said to her that, you know, this, the score and the final result was not reflective in the fact that that Scotland team literally put their heart and soul on that pitch that day. They yeah. were so, they were so much more cohesive than they have been in previous years. Every time I watch this Scotland team, you know, I'm obviously primarily an England fan, but I am so excited every time I see Scotland women play because yeah. they are getting more and more cohesive. That talent that has always been there is just coming together so much more. And I get so excited to see it every single time. Um, Wales were also, they had a fantastic day at the office, you know. Um, they played so hard. You've got these fantastic um, players like, you know, Donna Rose coming in um such strong intense forwards and again I think it was a really it was a tight game as it should have been mm, absolutely yeah I just I mean big shout out to Scotland hooker Anna Skeldon who got her 50th cap and scored from the word goal like you can get a better 50th cap really oh she again she worked so so hard um there was just so many standout players during that during that game. Sometimes yeah. you kind of, again, you kind of watch and you go, yeah, that's the player of the match. You know, that's so obvious. But I was stood there on the sidelines and I literally was like, you could pretty much name anyone that has been on the pitch today as player of the match because they all worked so, so hard. Everyone played their skins off. I think the big one for me was the impact sub for Wales. Number 19, Sinead Harris. Oh my God, like... Soon as she was on, I think five seconds into her coming on, she wins a turnover. 
about two minutes after that, she does down a try. I'm like, oh, well, you're very keen for this game, which is fantastic to see. I mean, it paid It paid off. She got, you know, she. I got to present her with her player of the match and it was absolutely earned. Another one who absolutely played her skin off and yet yeah, so physical and showing really, you know, she, I came away with a lot that, that day. Um, I know that I've kind of been a bit hesitant sometimes when I go into rucks and stuff like that. And I was watching her and I was like, yeah, I just need to go in head first thoughts later um, <laughs> and just go in with that physicality and go in with that intensity. And, you know, playing for your country must uh, must be such an incredible honour. I always think it's an honour when I get picked for a Columpton shirt, but playing for Wales, playing for England, play, that's such an incredible honour. And she really came out and said, you know, this is an honour for me to be in this shirt. Let me show you how much. Yeah. Um, she was, yeah, incredible. Oh, just, just proper. You talk about it in sport, like impact of, and from the word yeah. go, she was like, yeah, I'm here, I'm winning. We're going for it. I, th- there was a big talking point at the end. Was it a yellow? Was it not? I say yeah. I think- I'm with you on that one. I think it was... You know, I think there was, I don't think there was intention behind it, but I think, I think there was maybe other ways of going about that. Personally, I, I mean, I don't try and intercept the ball because I know my skill set. I know that that is not a me, a me skill. Um, <laughs> my skills I'm, 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 very gu- I'm very guilty for an intercept. Uh, I'm not, because my skills are scrums. My skills are running into stuff. That's my skill set. I think... <laughs> I think at that point in the game was it smartest move maybe not could I do better absolutely not so I'm yeah. not coming from a place of criticism I just think that it yeah it was a yellow it was just yeah. it was clumsy it was not maybe the smartest choice at the time but I think the bit that I think the bit that I would be more and like you said it, it obviously wasn't like yeah I'm going to run out and slot the ball away that obviously was never the plan yeah but, <laughs> Joy Neville has quickly became like my trigger referee. <laughs> oh. I've seen a referee twice and it just happens to be two weeks in a row and she's just angering me. Oh, and that's, that's my I, I that's actually not... felt for her. I felt for her quite a lot at that point in time because if she'd have not, if she'd have ignored that, she would have had people on her case. Yeah pinging that she had people on her case it was one of those decisions where like the referee just couldn't win whatever they called and I stood there and so many of us we were stood on the edge of the pitch like I don't think anyone breathed for about 10 seconds but it felt like about five minutes while she was making that decision and kind of reviewing it and we were like (laughs) no matter what decision she made it was gonna upset some people I I think she made the right call. It's, you know, it killed play. It killed mm-hmm. the ball. Yeah. You know, and the and in fairness, the, the, they took it very well. They took it very respectfully. And, you know, the game rattled on. But, yeah, it was it was certainly <laughs> very, very tense. <laughs> I think the bit that got me, because obviously you can pick up what refs say with the mic now and again. And it was, like, you, know, you could see her watching it and I'm like, Okay, it's a yellow. Like the second or third angle, it's definitely a yellow now. You just want to like confirm it, and then you went, and then she went, 
I think the players intentionally went to get the ball and I'm like, no, she's not. <laughs> I was like, no, she's not. Oh, see, I missed that commentary. Um, yeah. I, I missed the commentary aspect of it. Uh, I didn't hear that bit, but yeah. yeah, I, should... yeah. I think the player has intentionally went to get the ball and not kill play. So it's just a penalty. I'm like, no, it's not. <laughs> but, I mean, it doesn't matter because we did sadly knock it on and Wales turned it over and booted it out. But moving on. But like Red, I said, I just, it was just such an incredible game to be at. And, you know, we were talking earlier um, yeah. pre-filming about being able to be in the crowd and about being able to, you know, feeling very safe at rugby games. Yeah. And... Uh, I took Mr. Prop Life with me um, as my little guest to Wales v Scotland and he was stood in the middle of the crowd and this is the, only, the kind of the thing you could only do in a rugby crowd he was stood in the middle of the Wales crowd going Scotland at yes. the top of his extremely extremely loud lungs and I, that boy has the vocal projection of a foghorn and <laughs> <laughs> I'm stood there going Shut up! <laughs> but he was, nice. you know, he had a lovely. Bit proud, that's it. <laughs> he was, he's not even Scottish, but he was just, he just wanted to cheer someone on, and uh, but he had all these people looking around, and these kids every time he'd go Scotland, they go Wales, yeah. and then after we'd done Brilliant. this, we'd had this little ping pong about five times. He went Wales, and the kids went Wales, and then they were like, <laughs> wait, what? <laughs> Brilliant. That's brilliant. But yeah, it was an amazing game and it was such a nail biter. And but what I think we're already seeing this Six Nations mm. is the difference, professionalism and contracts. Yes. Even a little smidge, what it that difference that it makes. So I had a lot, especially last week, because I I messaged you that last week. Scotland England was my first women's game like in person and yeah I had a lot of people like ha like England beat you 57-5 I'm like you're looking at a scoreboard they're all professional Scotland have four five professionals yeah as yeah like Rachel yeah. Malcolm who you mentioned earlier Scotland captain is a lecturer she's not a full-time player yeah I I think uh, I struggle to say too much because I don't want to get in trouble. I think what she said this weekend was very apt is that contracts aside, we treat it professionally yes. and we are a team that takes this professionally. And I think that that is an absolute credit to every woman that plays in the Scotland shirt at the moment is the, the attitude and the tenacity that they come out with. But yes. they also... They deserve to be contracted. They oh, they do. It's as simple as that. They deserve, I, and you can see as well those players that are really shining, like Chloe Rowley, who again is getting great game time at cheese. Well, gets good game time at cheese. <laughs> you know, she, and in my opinion, deserves even more game time because she's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. But um, you can see those players that are having that increased amount of of, of Premiership game time. And those that. You know, there really is that difference there. Yeah, that's like you, like you mentioned about professionalism. Rona Lloyd is a full-time professional athlete in France. Like she's French-based, so yeah, 
and so she knows how to play against all the French women, which might come as a advantage next week. But it's I'm, also about, it's about every aspect of it, though. It's it's about yeah. having the right S and C to prepare yeah. you. It's about having the recovery team to look after you. It, yeah. It's also about the fact that an ex- a professional commitment is expected. You know, if you are having, if you are giving a professional commitment, you deserve to have a professional um, con- like contribution back to you for that. Yeah. That's what I, I, you know. And I get a lot of a lot of um, comments online, like, you know, you're asking so much for women to be contracted. Really, we're asking for the bare minimum. I don't. I don't think it's much to ask for. To you can't say you're a professional rugby player, but not be paid. It, it doesn't work. Yeah. Does that mean I'm a professional rugby player? I'm not paid. Do you get paid? Exactly. It's just pay them. I said it to I said it to Amy last week. We had your your good friend Amy on last week. Um, if the SRU are using the excuse of there's not enough money. If that's if that's what they're saying, I don't know if that is. If that's what they're saying, I say take the money away from the under twenties, and that might sound harsh because again they've not done anything wrong. But if you're saying like it's a lost cause, the under twenties uh, are a lost cause more than the women are. I don't know fully how the budgeting and everything works. I don't no. know how it all works. However, what I don't understand is how some international setups are so can be so good and have this contract, and then teams expected to say play at the same level, the play at the same caliber, are not given. Are, are, as Victoria Rush said in "No Woman, No Try," you know, how can we beat the opposition when the playing field? Is, they're not even on the playing field um the playing field isn't even at the moment and that's just uh, that's why again scores like last week England v Scotland they're not a reflection on the standard of player they're a reflection on the standard of setup and I hope that I hope that that shone a lot shone a light back to the SIU I hope so because again it's nothing to it's nothing with the under 20s I think it's a lost cause but that's that is actually looking. That's not just looking at a scoreboard, which isn't great. But I mean, the head coach took the job three weeks before the under twenty six nations began. That's really? just bad. That's bad management. I didn't know that. To see again, I'm still so where I'm dipping my toe in more and more and more. Yeah. Um, because when I came to rugby about five years ago, I was totally new to rugby. Um, yeah. I came from a completely non rugby family non-rugby household everything was non-rugby so I've been basically playing five years of catch-up um (laughs) so I am very new to watching the under 20 stuff and I've I've been trying to keep up with the women's under 20s a little bit more because we've got um the lovely Abby Middlebrook from Exeter who's been playing for England over in France recently she's been smashing it um and a few of the other girls that I've got to know this season have been playing in the under 20s yeah. um so I'm starting to dip my toe into it a little bit more but I don't know as much about it I just mm. think as I like I said I just think that the quality is there with these Scottish players I would love to see them 
be given even more opportunity to take that incredible talents there yeah. develop even further 100% moving on though and again yeah. this scoreline doesn't do the game justice but the Red Roses when in Rome when in Rome 74 now 20 I repeat 20 straight wins unreal world number ones for a reason they are they are on a different level. And I know, again, it is the professional aspect of it, but they are just on a whole different level. Yeah, they also just have some immense talent that works immensely hard. All those women work so hard. And what both excites me and terrifies me about the Red Roses, if I'm honest, is the fact that you can pretty much guarantee a rough lineup each week yeah. But what's great is that there's pretty much a whole other interchangeable lineup that is equally as dominant, equally as talented, and equally as able to bring the, bring the score home. You know, yeah. you look at the front rows for England, you've got, you know, Maud Moyer who's coming through, who's absolutely dominating her carries. You've got Shauna Brown, who, you know, well, first time is try. Yes, they, I adore Shauna. She's just iconic on so many levels but you've got like Bryony Cleal you've got so many talented England front rows Vicky Combra who is just an absolute staple um Connie, Connie Powell coming in as hook and again just this new talent which is just absolutely so strong is coming in with that older older seasoned talent and just yeah they are a fantastic fantastic team but I do feel now the pressure as a prop um because another prop who absolutely dominated can we talk about Sarah Burns half a pitch try (laughs) I have been meaning to do a video of that but I will do it some point this week there's so much footage I've I've been wanting to use and oh what go on I mean, we we start to see it so much more. These these absolutely again these dynamic Premiership props. Look at Simi Pam, who I love and respect on so so many levels. But you've got these props who are so quick. But that I mean that was just it was one of the best things I've ever seen. It it, <laughs> it brought a tear to my little front row eyes. I tell you. <laughs> I was like, I'll never achieve it, but it was so beautiful. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm looking at the, the information here, like who, like who scored and when. Big something like that. Nobody got a hat-trick. Yeah. Thompson and McKenna did get a double each, but... Oh, McKenna, yeah. I, I love... I mean, she's a brilliant player to watch. She moves faster laterally than I ever could forward. Um, <laughs> she's just dynamic again just so such an awesome player um, I yeah I love watching her play she's 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 such a smart player mm, yeah she's such a smart player she'll have three defenders run at her and in a flash work out how to step all three of them and watch them as she goes past them and I'm like my prop brain could not yeah, no. <laughs> I mean, the, I, I will call her the GOAT because she is absolutely unreal. Emily Scarrett was also on the scoreboard. She's just, 
I don't know. I, I knew who Emma Scarlett was before I got to see her in person. Seeing her in person, I'm <laughs> You're a cheat code. Like, you're making things look ridiculously easy. And yeah, just well done, England women. She's Emily Scarlett. Red Roses, sorry. No, I'm, I'm dropping that. Not the England women. Well done, Red Roses. I like that better. Uh, Emily Scarlett is one of those. She's just class. And I think it really should be mentioned how quickly she's come and how successfully she's come back from her injury. You know, I, I had a broken leg myself the other year playing and I can't tell you how tough that was mentally to come back from. Yeah. I became, you know, I became really nervous. I literally couldn't even play touch to start off with. I had a very traumatic break and it was really, I was frightened to be around rugby. I was in a very bad and resentful place for a very long time. Um, she's come back from you know a, a proper leg break to playing world-class rugby in less than a year and I yeah. think that that I mean it says a, so much about her her talent and her team but I think it also says a lot about her mentally and her commitment and her passion for the game which I think is really awesome. Oh 100% it's just you always hear like men's game women's game you always hear these names and you can watch as many highlight reels on YouTube as you want, but they only show you the good bits. <laughs> oh, when yeah. you're actually when you're actually there in person, and I know the Marley Packer got player of the match and rightfully so, but like I'm like Emily Scarlett is just like totally different level and looks makes it look like I said like just really easy. What I love is the Scarrett, um, Harrison, like the way that they link almost silently in the back yeah. line, working out, you know, how are we going to move this gameplay? Um, and again, the way that their coaches have worked that with them, it's just, so, it's so clever. It's so, so clever. It's rugby beyond, again, I could ever dream of playing. And it's just, it's just fantastic to watch. You know, you've got a smart fly half like Zoe, who is again such, becoming so consistent in all the right ways she's becoming really consistent with her she's become really consistent with her kicking she's become really consistent with you know how she's going to um construct the game off the scrum half and that with Emily Scarrett you know waiting to kind of further that and continue that flow of play it's just so exciting to watch it's what every every little girl that wants to grow up and be a back should be watching yeah, absolutely. Just for fun, looking at round three, let's have some predictions. Okay, so the first game, remind me, we've got... We England-Wales England, is the first game next week. Yes, England-Wales. England, so I think I think it's going to be another big scoreline, but I do think it's going to be a little bit more mitigated than people expect. Yes. So I think it's going to be... England, 40, Wales, 12. That's not that bad. That's not that bad a scoreline. I think it's going to be a win, but I also don't think it's going to be a huge... Uh, well, that's still a gap, but I also yeah. don't think it's going to be I'm, I'm... a 57-5 kind of gap. Ouch. <laughs> <laughs> that's not even personal. It's just... You could have just said for 74 now, but it's fine. 
what think, do you think? I think England's going to put 50 on them. And again, I don't think the squad is going to tell the full story because it never does. I just think the way the Red Roses are operating now, the players they've got, it, they're not stopping them. And I, I don't care who you are. It's just not happens in this year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we've got the the one I'm hoping to be at, Scotland, France. So I am excited to see that one. I am. And, we last year. It was a draw last, last year, was it? Yeah. And, as you know, this... The scoreline last week was not, for me, fully reflective for Scotland either. Um, I think it's... I want Scotland to get 15 on the board. Yeah. I think France are going to be up there again, probably close to that 40-odd margin. I think it's going to be a high score from France. They, But that's not a reflection on Scotland. This is the thing as well. Yeah, when you've got those two teams like England and France that are so highly professional, it's not even that other teams are poor, it's just those teams are even better. Well drilled, it's just well drilled, so well drilled. So, I do think it's going to be around Scotland 15, France somewhere around the 40s, but I really want it to be tighter than that. And I want to see Scotland, do I want to see Scotland come up and just do the like proverbial middle finger and just somehow absolutely smash it I would just love to see that I'm going for it I think I think with each week I know we're only two rounds in the score that we've put on improved massively oh god so I think I think Scotland's going to get into the 20s Mm -hmm. and I think France Oh, stick in the 30s. Yeah. I don't think that's unachievable at all. I actually don't think that's unachievable. Obviously, obviously, like, you will hear me if Scotland win. Like, I will absolutely lose it. But I think slow progression we now. Yeah. And we'll go, we'll go for an actual score. I'll say France 36, Scotland 22. No, I don't think it's going to be that high. I don't I I don't think it's gonna be quite that high. Okay. Okay. No. That's fair. And lastly, we have Ireland versus Italy. Yeah, again, that's gonna be exciting to see. I think it's gonna be an Ireland win. I think that's quite um quite safe to say. What I like seeing about Ireland v Italy is that one's strength is another's weakness. So again, yeah. Ireland have those fantastic big ball carriers um, that not that Italy don't have, but Italy's real strength is their backs, is the speed. You know, you've got like B Rigoni, who is just, she's like a whippet. Um, so that's what I find really interesting is that each, you know, Ireland's real strength, I would say, are some of the absolutely dynamic forwards they have, whereas Italy have those really hot-stepping, fast-moving backs. So I think it's going to be an Ireland win. Mm -hmm. I'm going to guess Ireland... Ireland... 20... Late 20s. Italy, early teens. 
So somewhere around the 12, 14 marker. Yeah. Oh, Ireland's a really strange one for me because it does seem when they get going, it's hard to stop. I know that they got they did get beat by Wales, but like they were in cruise control for the most part. Yeah. Yeah, think. yeah. And it's I don't we we said this in the Guinness Six Nations. I don't mean it negatively, but when you're going against a lesser opponent in Italy, is a, is the best way I could say it without sounding like an absolute twat. Is um, yeah, a lesser opponent like Italy, I think Ireland will just start going into cruise control and it might be, I don't know, not 31-17 just screams to me right now and I don't know why. There's no reason behind it. It's just in my head, like Ireland 31, Italy 17. I do think I that in the women's Six Nations, there's less of that divide between Italy women yeah. and the rest of the Six Nations than there is between the male Italian team and the rest of the Six Nations, if I'm totally honest. Um, the, you know, Italy women, they bring an absolute bunch to the table. And whilst they've not always been the most successful, they, are, again, those margins are a little bit tighter. Yeah, I, I, I totally understand. It's like, I did the student mistake, this was years ago, and it's a bit off topic. It was in Rugby League, and it was Scotland versus Tonga, and I went, oh, Scotland, easily. And Tonga absolutely blitzed it. And I'm like, wait, what? And every sport and every division is totally different. So, like, I think Scotland men are in a good place. I think Scotland women are in a good place. I think Scotland under 20s are in the mud. And it's just not fun to watch. Mm -hmm. So, again, it's, it's all different. And, yeah. But yeah. I think... It's going to be interesting. It's going to be lots to talk about for round three. But yeah. moving on in the rugby world, our beloved XR Chiefs come back kings this week. And this season, this season has been very much a. This whole season has been very much a developer for Exeter. You know, they've had a few big changes um, in their players. They've had some younger lads coming up, kind of through the development aspect of it. So it's been a real switch around for Chiefs this season. Yes. Um, it's It's been a very strange season. There's been games where I was like, oh, we're going to walk that. <laughs> and then we've been like, we're 20 points down. Yeah. And then we've had games where I was like, oh, we're going to really struggle. And we've absolutely flown. Um, it does terrify me slightly that two of our real, I would say, key players are going off to sale next season. Um, Don. Don. <laughs> I said I put I shared it on my Instagram about Tom O'Farry and I genuinely just said like fucking hell like I, I think crying Jason just why I think my um lovely mum-in-law like actually had a little bit of a cry when <laughs> when that was announced so she's a big a big Tom O'Farry fan but um you know Johnny Hill yeah. so core in the scrum I mean I. I love to see Johnny Hill, Johnny Gray in second row. It's yeah. just, it's an absolute work of art in the second row. Um, they are, you know, God said copy and paste in the best way when putting those two in second row. Um, so that he as well amongst like the really um, smart South Africans that they have at sale, it's going to do wonders for him as a player, wonders yeah. for his career. And I'm excited 
to see how he goes there because I think it could do him really well but he will be such a massive loss to Exeter you know the way he just gets about half a foot above the ground and just darts <laughs> over the try line yeah and I'm yeah. like you're about six foot six you're almost two of me and you are doing <laughs> stuff like that yeah um, unreal. so yeah so say it sales sales gain is very much Exeter's loss next season we have no second rows next year we've We've just, we've just said it. Johnny Howe's away to South Sharks. Sean Wansdale is away to Newport. I think the Dragons he's away to. I think so. I can't. And, yes. And Sam Skinner, I'm not upset with this one. I'm I'm happy. It's just a nice transaction for me. Sam Skinner is swapping Ed, uh, Exeter for Edinburgh. I'm okay for that. I'm an Edinburgh fan, so I'm okay. We'll take care of him. But we have one second row. <laughs> Johnny I know. And do you know what? Sam Skinner is one of the loveliest, loveliest blokes. I was really lucky at my old club. He came down for Boxing Day the other the other year. Um, um, we got to have a few pints and a bit of a chat. Um, and lovely, lovely man. Real credit to, you know, local Exeter boy done good kind of thing. Um, so I'm really, again, I'm really excited for him for his career. But yes, on an Exeter perspective, yeah. I am like... I'm very fearful for our second row right now. But I, I, I hope that we are now going to be able to attract some new key players. We're going to be able to keep developing. You know, we've had people coming up through, look at like Patrick Schickling, who has come up. Um, <laughs> you know, he's come up. I know he's a front row, but like we've got these players. They are, they're building, they're developing. Um, hopefully that means they're going to carry on through. And the same in the women's, you know, the, the, extra, the young women that are coming through um you look at like Marin Deutsch she's local homegrown talent done really really well um so many yes <laughs> and yeah you've got um, youngsters like I said earlier like Abby Middlebrook and yeah. uh, so meant so much exciting young local talent um the lovely Charlie Willett <laughs> who is another good friend of mine um obviously she's you know yeah, she's just so so talented, such a cool lady as well. Um, but yeah, we've got lots of local talent coming up through um, on both the men's and the women's side for Exeter, and I'm really excited to see next season. Yeah, that's, that's going to be good. How are you feeling about the Southern Hemisphere rugby going on with Super Rugby Pacific? I will be certainly honest. I have not watched much of it, as you have seen with... I mean, I've been all over the Women's Six Nations recently, and... It's yeah, another full-time yeah, yeah, job on top of my full-time yeah. job at the moment, but I'm really excited to catch up on it because I love watching any rugby out of like New Zealand, um, Tonga, Samoa, Fiji, any of the Pacific Islands because they are such incredibly talented players. And I think that so many Pacific Islanders are literally just naturally built for rugby. Oh, yeah, it's, it's not even funny. You see some of them and I'm like, <laughs> okay. But if you, if you have the time, there's an absolute nail-biter for you this week. The Chiefs defeated Hurricanes 30 points to 29. Ooh! It's not looking great for Moana Pacifica. Uh, they got thumped, really. 46-16 by the Blues. Uh yeah, it's just 
it's not great for them. There's, they've had it tight because of the whole COVID thing. They've had a lot of rescheduling. Crusaders narrowly defeated the Highlanders 17-14, which is very rare for Crusaders to get like a competitive, not competitive match, but they usually run ragged with it. So that was a nice treat. Yeah. But yeah, it's I, I'm not talking about Edinburgh this week because we got beat. We made history last week and then got beat this week. So there you go. That's how the world of rugby works. But Honestly, it really does. You can have some weeks where you're on top of the world and some weeks where you get your butt handed to you on a plate. Um, I've I've had it my, myself this season. You know, I've it's been my first season playing Championship 2 rugby. So right. do you know much about the women's league structures, Murray, on that one? Uh, the women's kind of... Uh, it's Premier 15s. Yeah. Premier 15s is a pinnacle. Yeah. I'm guessing it's going to be called like the Championship or Division One or yeah, both. But, yeah, so it's the Premiership at the top. Yeah. You've got Championship One, Championship right, okay. Two. Um, these two are really, really tight. I have to say, I've played uh, Champs One teams that have been put into Champs Two, and vice versa, and it's really, really tight. Then you've got National Challenge One, right? National Challenge Two. And yeah. they've done the Inner Warrior League, which is like the entry level, which I love the Inner Warrior League. You meet the best teams, the loveliest peoples. Um, it's like friendly leagues for women that are new to rugby or teams that are just setting up particularly. Uh, uh, still, or, yeah, it's really, really cool. But um, So I made the step this season going from National Challenge 1 into Championship 2. It's been a hell of a jump. It's, it's a jump where I've had to work a lot harder um it's been a jump where I've I've had the biggest ups and downs like you know some you have some days where you're like what am I doing some games where you're just like what am I doing here but you also have some some games where you walk away and you're like okay okay I can do this yeah. and I have no doubt that that's what a lot of a lot of people are feeling at the moment yeah I'm kind of the same I took a big time off from rugby so I stopped playing when I was like 18 that's my first Crap, this is my first season season at senior level and I'm 23 now, which is insane. And I play for a national three team, like an, a national level team. And I played, and I've never played senior rugby, so I don't even know the ends and outs. And you've got these lads that have been not injured and trained right through and they'll, they'll hit you. And I'm just like, Fuck. <laughs> Thanks. That one really hard. Do you know what gets me though is so um Mr. Prop Life, my lovely boyfriend Matt, he ha despite the fact that he is literally built for rugby or yeah. built for built for front rowing, absolutely, he had never played rugby until we were together. Oh wow. Yeah, so I had been teaching him a few little bits, not that I'm a pro at all, but you know, <laughs> you can show the ropes kind of thing. Yeah. And what's really interesting is the responses from other people when we train together. Right. So we train at a few different like pitches and locations and parks and stuff. And the response, even if I'm very clearly showing him a drill, it will be very much, oh, is your boyfriend showing you a bit of rugby kind of thing? And it's that always really interests me is that perception yeah. is still we still need to work on that perception a little bit um 
we were at a pitch locally a little while ago and I was showing him some stuff on a scrum machine. It was really cool. And a person from the club came up to chat to us and was like fixated on Matt. It was really interesting. Um, and it was he, oh, all to him. Have you front road March? You know, how long have you been playing? Da, da, da. And I was really just like interested at how this conversation was panning out. And I was like, yeah, you know, on the front row, I've been propping for a few seasons, was just showing him some basics. And the conversation literally he looked at me like, yeah, cool, cool. So, mate, are you able to sign for us? And I was like, thanks. Cool. Thanks. Yeah. It just, yeah, it just shows that those those perceptions, we still need to work on those a little bit. I mean, I've never had that because, yeah. But even when I've started doing like the women's, like, here's a try from the women's games. Here's my thoughts on the women's game. And you get the people commenting, like, who cares? I'm like, I care. That's why I'm doing it. If I didn't care, I wouldn't do the video. I'm not yeah. doing it. I'm not doing it for, was it, clout. I'm not doing that. If I, if I don't care, I'm not going to do it. I care. Yeah. And that's, that's why Steph Evans, the lovely Steph that owns Rugget, she started the hashtag I care the other year. Um, because people said exactly the same when the Women's Six Nations was cancelled due to COVID. Yeah, where people come online going, oh, who cares? Who cares? Well, we care. A lot of people care. Um, yeah. And yeah, it's very, very important to keep showing that and keep breaking those boundaries. And that's why in a post I did recently, um, having men particularly standing up and saying, I care as well. Men really do listen to other men. Um, I find from that experience, from no, things like no. situated earlier, men do listen to other men. You know, when my partner stood in a room of men um, saying, you know, try women's rugby, it's a yeah. very powerful voice in the room. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, having men like yourself and just men that are supportive and going, this is cool. I really yeah. care about this. It sends such a good message and such a consistent message. I don't know if you could hear the ice cream van. No, I couldn't. But I would have been running like a shot if I had. <laughs> <laughs> it was very loud, so I apologise if you heard that. <laughs> No, um, I think the group, the team I play for, we've obviously got, we've got a women's team as well. They are bloody fantastic. And our captain will be like, right, a lot, like putting in the player, like obviously the, the girls aren't in the players' chat because it's, it's like the, the uh, Yeah, yeah. So, but the, our first team captain will go, right, lads, if you aren't doing anything, Sunday at the home ground, the Quins are playing, get your arse down, give them a support. Yeah. Because they do it, and it was because they do it for us. I thought, well, yeah, that's, that's, it works both ways. It really does. And does. that's how every club and stuff like that is how every club can prom promote a one club atmosphere. And I yeah. hear a lot at different clubs of, oh, yeah, one club, one club. But then I see a lot of separations. And it really is those little actions like, you know, because a lot of the women's players, they do come down and they watch the men's game and, and they'll have a pint on a Saturday. And yeah. it's just showing your support by coming down on Sunday. I say to people, you can you can help women's rugby from as little as a one pound can of Coke. And, I, and they're like, what do you mean? Well, if you come down on a Sunday and you buy a, a one pound can of Coke at the bar, yeah. you're watching women's rugby and you're supporting. So you can start from as little as a pound. All, all I say is, don't. If you're the ones that 
yeah, women's rugby should be like up there. Don't just say it. Buy the t-shirts, go to the games. Buy my merch. Buy the merch. Buy the Prop Life merch. <laughs> I'm so excited about that. We're doing the first. Um, so I, I'm going to be looking at the first um, clubs to do a small donation to on Friday. We've had the first month out. Um, I was so excited for my merch, not for for reasons for myself, because I put my heart and soul into it. And it's something I'm so passionate about. And it's going to be able to do a bit of good back yeah, to the rugby yeah. community. Um, so I teamed up with a local t-shirt printing company. So it's all organic, sustainable print merch. So it's, it's you know, I felt ethically I was coming from a good place about it. But also we're going to be able to start to give um, those kind of particularly inner warrior league teams that are just setting up a little bit of funding for their kit or to start a boot bank or for some bibs um, so that they're getting well set up right from the very beginning. Um, and I'm just so excited. I'm so excited and I can't wait to see it in action. I'm guessing that there's a link in your bio. There is. There's a link in my bio on Instagram. Um, I've got my link tree in there and there is a link on my TikTok as well. There we go. So get involved. Just do it. Do it. Do it. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not paying for merch because Gemma's sending me some. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, you will have a t-shirt as soon as as soon as I can get one to you. That's okay. I will. Pro- as soon as it arrives, I will wear it on the show and buy it. Sort of thing. Yeah. Thank but, you very much. Honestly, thank you so much for returning. Thank you so much for having me again. I, I you know, I love to come back. Or such good chat as usual there's something I want to run by you that means you might need to stick around a bit longer. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, exciting times, hopefully. Next week, we are back again, talking round three of the TikTok Women's Sex Nations and whatever else goes on in the weird world of rugby anywhere in the world next week. But next week, we also have Miss Charlie Willow joining us. I'm stealing everyone from from the girls of TikTok. I'm I'm just poaching them all, so why not? But yeah, also Gemma, thank you so much for returning, and you're not going anywhere anytime soon. We're not leaving it nine months again. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I'm not leaving it nine months before I come back. No. Oh. <laughs> thank you, Murray. Maybe three weeks. <laughs> I can come in. There you go. <laughs> uh, this has been the Rugby Connection podcast. Go over to our YouTube, subscribe to the channel, follow us on Instagram, follow us on TikTok. I think you follow on Spotify as well. It's not subscribe on Spotify. It's st- stupidly worded. Anyway, like us, share us, get the word out. We're getting us. We're gradually getting there. We have the interview coming out this week with the Hurricanes fly half Jackson Garden Bashit. That was an amazing chat. We spoke about all things, including the Maori culture and him being part of rugby royalty. But stay tuned for that. I'm not spoiling it anymore for that. Subscribe to the channels and we will see you next time.